0: Tomorrow evening begins Pentecost. Sunday all day long is Pentecost until the evening. So we were talking earlier, and we've been kind of on this theme to answer the question, um, is Pentecost related to the Shemitah and Yovel, the Jubilee year? Because Shemitahs are every seven years. The Yovel, the Jubilee is seven sevens. And kind of like Pentecost, which is after the Feast of Weeks, seven weeks, 50 days, 7 years, 50 years is there some relation to that and we just talked, got done talking about how to celebrate Pentecost itself and so we come back to this other uh, other situation, we talked about the word that we use, we call Jubilee it's the word Yeovil, it's a special ram's horn that's used at Jubilee, almost exclusively at Jubilee, mm-hmm. there's only 2 other times it's used, right? At very significant places where it's used, and I mentioned the one it was used at Mount Sinai when they could approach God. They, for the first time, blew a special horn called the Yovel, the Jubilee. So that first Pentecost, obviously, there's some very big tie-ins: mm-hmm. Pentecost and Yovel. But uh, that's we've already covered that. So 21 times Yovels used around Jubilee. One time it's used at that first Pentecost on Mount Sinai. So you got five left they're all at one place when the yoval is actually used. And it's used with Joshua. Mm. The Israelites are marching around Jericho. They've just crossed over 40 years in the wilderness. Now they've crossed over. They've had Passover. And they're coming to the first big walled city. Now the verbiage is really important when we compare Yovel to Pentecost, right? So Joshua 6. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once, this you shall do six days, and then seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns yovel's before the ark. So seven priests with seven yovels, or seven sevens, hmm. gets forty nine again. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. You have another seven seven there, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, the yovel. So it's it's the the long blast is the significant mm-hmm. part. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, every man straight before him. So, Yovel Blast, people go up, loud Blast. So, there's a lot of links to Jericho, to Yovel, And if you notice, God also tells his people to go up when they hear the Yovel. If that sounds familiar, it's the exact same phrase in Hebrew that he used at Mount Sinai at the first Pentecost. When you hear it, you come up. You won't, you won't be killed. Right. So is Jericho important? Yeah, it is, because of what God was saying by destroying the walls. Remember mm. what Yovel, Jubilee and all that is. It's, a, it's a, The Shemitah is a release. Yes. God had promised to Abraham that this land would belong to his descendants forever. They had been slaves while the Canaanites had controlled it for hundreds of years. So how do you express ownership, authority, and legal control? Well, back then you built walls around something, and then it belongs to you, and no one can take it. By knocking down those walls, God was saying to all the people of the land, your authority here is removed. Mm. The land and authority were returned to its ancestral owners. It was indeed a yovel; it was a Jubilee. They didn't have on Jubilee but it just shows you that these things are God can meet you, Jubilee you just like I talked to Perm. he can, he can Perm you anytime he wants to That's right. he can pass over you anytime he wants to he can Pentecost you anytime he wants to so there are significant overlaps between Pentecost and Jubilee the similar counting of 7 weeks or 50 days the phrases, the land is mine and go up uh, that show up at the first Pentecost and Jericho and the unique use of the ram's horn called a yovel not only at Jubilee, but also at the first Pentecost and at Jericho. So, it sounds like, my goodness, there's a lot of overlap here. So, there may be some interesting insights worth looking at as to how Jubilee impacts how we see Pentecost. Mm. It's easy to think that we have the entire picture since Acts chapter 2 is outpouring of the Holy Spirit and tongues, but consider that passage. Uh, Acts chapter 2, 17 and 18. Peter's preaching. He quotes Joel chapter 2. And it shall come to pass in the last day, said God. Now, I'm reading from Uh, Acts, And that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young man shall see visions, and your old man shall dream dreams. And on my manservants and on my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. That's Mm. word for word what, what, of course, he said in Hebrew that Peter would have said. Interestingly enough, though, that last statement, and they shall prophesy, was not from Joel's prophecy. Peter added that prophetically, I think. Probably to underline the significance of what God was doing, that Joel said this, but here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. With the release of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, God gave everyone who received the baptism a prophetic anointing as well. He said, and they will prophesy. Well, Now, we're not in the office of a prophet, right? We're we're given the gift of prophecy, the ability to hear God and Mm -hmm. know his will. But there's a bigger question. Why did Peter choose this passage? They had just experienced flames of fire over them on their heads. The gift of tongues as they worshipped God in languages none of them knew before. And if you notice, none of that is in this prophecy verse. Yeah, he should have been preaching from Exodus. Like, what right. we were. <laughs> Come on. What in the world? But this verse from Joel says nothing. No flames, no fire, no tongues. Which were the primary experience of the Holy Spirit infilling that day, right? And the experience of Pentecost for the others there did not include dreams or visions. So, Mm. you know, if I was in the crowd, I'd go, ah, what are you talking about? But consider this. 1 Corinthians 14 links together prophecy in tongues. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Mm. Now, it doesn't say they have to occur together. Acts nineteen six tells the time that did happen, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Yeah. So Peter here in this situation, as the Holy Spirit poured out, was experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit after staying up all night with the other disciples studying the Torah to celebrate God giving the Law of mote of to Moses and Law of Moses on the same date fifteen hundred years earlier, and suddenly he saw those same friends that he stayed up with all day long, now experiencing this outpouring along with him. And his first thought was that something has changed just as Jesus had told them common men after receiving the Holy Spirit were suddenly prophesying in the streets in a way that only someone in the office of a prophet had done before. And it was happening just as Joel predicted because here's these guys, they're praying in tongues. They have no idea what they're saying, but all the people around them are telling them exactly what they're saying yeah. and even in my own language. Right. So he realizes there's something more to this. These guys mm-hmm. are prophesying. Yeah. So what's clear is that the outpouring at Pentecost 2,000 years ago was a partial fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. Their science, the sun and moon growing dark with blood, fire, the smoke did not occur, thankfully. The spirit rested on only 120 believers in one city, but the fullness of Joel's prophecy requires a global dimension. So there's more to come in the last days of that prophecy, and more importantly, that outpouring tells us that everything is not always cut and dry as to how Old Testament shadows and types become New Testament realities, even prophecies. There's always more to see and understand, so we got to keep digging to see what we might have missed, and uh, we're going to keep doing that so we can kind of get an understanding of this, but we're going to continue looking at the idea of Pentecost uh, Jubilee. Is there something there? And I think undoubtedly there is.